This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Pets Allowed, Joy's very own show about pets brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home. Thanks to the Checkpoint team for keeping us updated on the latest in the gaming world. I'm Kristen and I'll be with you until five today and joining me to talk all things pets and animals for another week is Kate Halter, General Manager of Fundraising and Communications at the Lost Dogs Home. Welcome back to Pets Allowed, Kate. Thanks, Kristen. Always good to be here. Always, <laughs> always good fun and um, it's definitely a jam-packed <laughs> show oh, for us today. Sure is, and I think really interesting. I, I I love talking about yeah. It's probably not quite true, you know, yes. urban myths about pets and pet ownership. That's so, it. Yeah, we'll talk more about that later. Definitely. <laughs> So it's been a busy week at the home, as always, with lots of new pets finding new families, uh, which we always love to see. That's why pretty much we come to work every day. But for everyone who, anyone who's tuned into Pets Aloud last week, we shared the story of, of Jack, a very special young Kelpie cross who survived a gunshot to the head. At first, we weren't even sure if Jack was going to survive the horrific ordeal, but he did. He pulled through. And the amazing team of vets and vet nurses at the home um, were you know, responsible for that. They took such great care of him and um, spent a couple. And he also spent a couple of months in a foster home as well, where he recuperated further. So we're really happy to let you know that Jack's found a wonderful new home last weekend and we're looking forward to catching up with his new family down the track to find out how he's going. Definitely does take an army of people, doesn't it, it, to to help an animal from coming into the shelter all the way through to to finding a home. Mm -hmm. That's that's for sure. (laughs) And yeah, there is always a lot happening around the home. It's always busy, busy, busy. Uh, But Kate, there's also a lot happening for you at the moment as well and we do have some news to share with our Pets Aloud loyal listeners out there. well, yes, I've I've resigned from the home. I'm moving on, so um, I've been there 21 years, and it's been an amazing experience. I've loved every minute, and um, but you know, 20 years is a long time, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to take a bit of a break for a while, and then you know, look at what's next for me. So a well-deserved break as well. <laughs> I you. think it's about time you had, you had a bit of a rest as yeah, well. But certainly, one of the highlights of working at the home has been the opportunity to come in um, and do the pets allowed show. Definitely, definitely, and you know, even though you you will be soon heading off onto your next big adventure, we are still very lucky enough to have you joining us for pets allowed for a few more weeks. Yes. So there's still plenty of fun to be had and still plenty of Pets Allowed shows to to get through. But um, today's show is definitely a must hear for all the pet owners out there. And actually, even if you're not a pet owner, it's still, um, you'll learn a lot through today's show. We are putting on our detective hats and we are going to bust some of the most common myths that people hear about pets and animals. Uh, And there's definitely, you will learn a thing or two. There are lots of misconceptions out there um, on a range of topics. Um, And uh, when it comes to pets and animals, I know everyone has good intentions at heart and they want to do the right thing. And sometimes they just don't know what the right thing is. That's right. They're just naive. And we're going to help with that, aren't we? We are going to clear up a lot of (laughs) myths on today's show. So here is what's coming up on today's edition of Pets Allowed. Uh, Would you know what to do if your pet, uh, if you lost or found a pet? We'll tell you how to make sure you give missing pets the best possible chance of returning home. Now, anyone who has adopted a pet from a shelter will tell you that they are the most devoted creatures and make loving pets. But sometimes shelter pets can be misunderstood. 
we are going to bust five myths about shelter pets and tell you why they are just as amazing as any other pet, no matter where they came from. And when it comes to desexing myths, we've just about heard them all. Um, we're going to set the record straight and tell you why desexing is so important, something close to my heart. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And from vet visits to training techniques, we're going to clear up common misconceptions about pet health and behaviour. So if you're not sure, you know, how, how to train your pet the best mm, yep. um, or why it's important even to go to a vet, even if you don't think something is wrong, yeah. we are going to, you know, give you all the details, all the facts. So we do have all that plus our news wrap, pet of the week and dog dates coming up on today's Mythbusters edition of Pets Allowed. This is Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. Do you have a business, product or service that needs to be seen and heard? Become a Joy sponsor and get the best of both worlds. Have your message heard on air. Have your message seen online at joy.org.au via the Joy sponsorship directory. Call 1300 JOY 949 or email sales at joy.org.au for more details. Joy 94.9, the diverse voice of the GLBTI community. The Pets Allowed News Wrap. A look at the news of the week from the Lost Dog's Home. Our first news item today is all about Happy Vet Nurse Day, which is Friday the 14th of October. Last week we celebrated Vet Nurse Day, a day to acknowledge and thank the people who dedicate their lives to caring for sick and injured animals. They're knowledgeable, compassionate and not afraid to get their hands dirty. At the Home Shelter Hospital, our vet nurses never know what is about to come through the doors. Every day, lost and abandoned pets arrive at the hospital with a broad range of illnesses and in- injuries and no medical history at all to rely on. Our vet nurses undertake a huge number of tasks like uh, monitoring patients under anaesthetic, medicating sick animals, helping vets with patient care, providing emergency care, uh, dispensing medications, taking radiographs. Uh, and also working out in our mobile desexing unit, Maddie, as well. And, of course, the list goes on and on and on. They do an amazing yes. job. So to mark Vet Nurse Day, we wanted to share the stories of some of the many compassionate and highly skilled vet nurses who look after sick and injured pets at the home's shelter hospital. And our first vet nurse is Claire. Claire's been working at the home for almost four years. She volunteered once a week in the hospital for six months prior to that. The first year she worked as an adoption nurse uh, in our adoption centre and then as a vet nurse ever since. Claire's uh, always loved animals, um, like all of us, (laughs) and she wanted to do a job where she could help others and help animals, of course, as well. It took her a while to figure out how she was going to to do that. She was actually working in hospitality when she became interested in animal welfare. She used uh, to spend hours watching animal rescue shows on television, uh, so she researched ways she could get involved. Claire soon realised that being a vet nurse in a shelter was her dream, her dream job. She volunteered on her day off each week while she was managing a pub until she was able to start studying and make the big career jump. She says, I love getting to meet all the beautiful dogs and cats we get to work every day. They make me smile, they inspire me, and I fall in love on a daily basis. I so get that. (laughs) Can definitely relate. (laughs) It happens to me too. Most of them are unwanted and some of them have been mistreated, but they are also brave. Being able to help them even in a small way is just so rewarding. Nursing has been both the best and hardest experience of Claire's life, particularly working in a shelter or busy shelter at that, because it can be both physically and emotionally exhausting. But Claire thinks it's also extremely fun and very fulfilling. And another nurse who works at the Homes Shelter Hospital is Kate, who has been there for almost four years now. 
Uh, but the year before she started, she was actually studying vet nursing and working at the home for her school placement one day a week. And before that, she was a dog walking volunteer. And as Kate got older, she knew that she needed to give back with her job in order to feel satisfied. And once again, she does love animals and feels a connection with them. And she knew that working in animal welfare was something that she needed to do. After volunteering at the home as a dog walker and leaving at the end of each shift, Kate felt the need to do more for the animals and be there more often. She worked in pharmacy previously and is interested in the medical side of things, so vet nursing seemed like the perfect fit for her. Kate loves uh, working as a vet nurse, especially working alongside the compassionate and talented team of vets and vet nurses at the shelter hospital. And to her, these people aren't just her colleagues, but also her friends, which I think is really lovely. Yeah, that's true. And Kate said, I love the ability to make a difference in an animal's life, to teach them about love and care again when sometimes they have unfortunately been missing that the way their face lights up after working with them is all I need to know I've made a difference for them and their time here with us now even though being a vet nurse is hard and sometimes messy and smelly and exhausting Kate thinks it is definitely all worth it yeah uh, our next vet nurse is Lisa and she's been working at the home uh, for about two and a half years. She never intended to be a vet nurse but kind of fell into the job. Her background is in zoology and conservation so she's always loved animals and nature. In 2013, Lisa worked in Africa for eight months doing wildlife research and upon her return home she, look, she was looking to get actively involved in animal welfare. Nursing at the home satisfies her love for learning uh, and science and animals. Caring for unwanted, injured and abused animals is easily the most rewarding part of her job she says but she loves the people she works with every day as well the shelter medicine team is full of compassionate skilled and dedicated people and they complete an enormous amount of work every day sometimes under quite a deal of pressure working in such a supportive team allows lisa to ask questions and try new things to broaden her nursing skills and her knowledge for lisa seeing our patients recover from surgery neglect or or abuse uh, and find their um, forever homes after that is indescribable she says working in the shelter means i get to care for the most vulnerable animals in our community and i feel really privileged to be able to provide them with the love and care they deserve in addition to working at the home shelter hospital lisa also works in our mobile pet care unit maddie um, at mobile cat desexing events she explains that the job requires an extreme emotional maturity and an ability to think on your feet at a moment's notice if you have a thirst for knowledge and want an active hands-on job with animals she thinks nursing is just perfect it's never too late to start your career in it, in the industry too such a, a diverse range of yeah. backgrounds that our vet nurses have come from as well which is just amazing it's fascinating hearing what they've done in the past that's right but there's also a theme in their approach isn't there or a theme in their um the type of people is. they are i that's think it. as well yeah just so compassionate and love loving of animals and all of them are in some capacity volunteered first as yes, well so that's, that's a, a great way to get your foot in the, the door. door it says a lot to definitely mm. and of course we extend a heartfelt thank you to all of our vet nurses uh, whose dedication and passion helps improve and save the lives of thousands of homeless pets each and every year if you would like to support the work of the Homes Shelter Hospital, please donate today. Whether you can give a little or a lot, every little bit really does help. To donate, please visit dogshome.com or give us a call on 93292755. And uh, now we are going to introduce you to our Pet of the Week. This week's Pet of the Week. This week's Pet of the Week is Ruth, who is almost nine years old. She's a domestic short hair cat who is up for adoption at our North Melbourne shelter. 
She has been up for adoption for a little over 60 days now and while she quietly sits in her condo, she is hoping that the next person who comes along will choose her. She's a delicate and gentle cat who is very affectionate but also quite happy to just be independent and do her own thing. She is looking for a quiet home where she can enjoy a peaceful lifestyle so she's best suited to an adult home or a family with teenagers perhaps. Her ID is 802239. You can find her on the Lost Dogs Home website, dogshome.com, or why not come and meet her at our North Melbourne shelter at 2 Gracie Street, North Melbourne. Now, because she is a senior pet, there is no fee to adopt her, and in lieu of an adoption fee, you can make a contribution of your choice. And if you do want to adopt from the Lost Dogs Home, it's best to give us a call before you pop in just to make sure the pet you're interested in is still available at the time. Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. Today we're busting common myths about pets. Now having a pet go missing is a really distressing experience for any pet owner and it can also be a bit overwhelming trying to stay calm and focus on what you need to do to find your pet. Now there are lots of myths out there about what you should do if you have lost or found a pet so we want to clear them up. And our first myth today is if I find a pet I can I keep it until I find the owner or can I rehome the pet myself? People often ask this. Um, they're quite unsure about putting a, sh- a pet into the shelter. So if you've found a pet with, within the state of Victoria, by law, you must inform your local council within 24 hours. And there is good reason for this. It's most likely that someone will be searching for that missing pet. And when people are looking for a lost pet, the first place they will check is their local council or their pound and the local animal shelters because these are the most logical places to look. Plus, these places have the ability to scan um, the pet for a microchip to quickly locate the owner. So if you think, you, you might think to post photos on social media to help track down the pet's owner um, is a good idea, but this also raises a few problems. Firstly, not everyone has social media or access to the internet. And even if they did, with the amount of information already out online out there, it's most likely they wouldn't see your post anyway. Um, it's also, it also, if it, someone comes forward claiming to be the owner, you may inadvertently hand over that dog or cat to someone who is in fact not the real owner. We appreciate that um, anyone who wants to, who finds an animal, they want to do everything in their power to help find the, the, that animal's um, right owner. But the best thing you can do is to contact the local council, pound or animal shelter without delay. This will give the pet the best possible chance of being relighted, reunited with their family as promptly as possible. But also in the meantime, they will be safe um, in that um, organisation. Definitely. And myth two, I don't need to have my pet microchipped because they always wear a collar. Now, microchipping is so, so important for all pets. It gives you the best possible chance of being reunited with your pet if they do go missing. Uh, But this is only only effective uh, if you make sure the details on the chip are always kept up to date, especially if you change your phone number or move house. Now, just remember that collars can easily come off or even be deliberately removed, so they should not be relied upon as the only method of identifying your pet. Microchipping, on the other hand, is a permanent form of ID. It's safe and simple and can be done by your vet and it isn't that expensive as well. Now, myth three, uh, if your pet goes missing, um, you don't need to do anything because the council or animal shelter will will call me if my pet is found. Uh, That's not quite true. If your pet does go missing, you must do everything possible to try and find them. And here are some of the steps that you should 
consider taking. Uh, you need to visit the local shelter or pound due to the large number of dogs and cats at pounds and animal shelters like the Lost Dogs Home. I think we can get you know 40 to 50 dogs a day sometimes at, at a peak. We strongly recommend that you physically visit the home and other shelters and pounds if you've lost your pet. It's also possible that your pet will be taken to another an animal shelter by a member of the public. Uh, this is another reason you should visit shelters and, and pounds in person. Um, no one knows your dog or cat like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check with your local council and surrounding councils. Um, you can check uh, where your pet was. Uh, check the area where your pet was lost. Phone the council uh, in that area and ask where the animals are taken um, when they're collected by local council rangers. Councils will either have their own holding pens or facilities, uh, or they will use a major animal shelter or pound, such as a lost dogs home. You can ask for the address and uh, the visiting hour, so you can personally go in and check and see if your pet is there. You can also search the neighbourhood. Conducting a thorough and wide search of the area around where your pet was last seen is important. Your search would include door knocking, a letterbox drop, especially for cats, posting um, flyers in prominent places, for example, shop shop windows, local shopping centres. Uh, if you create a flyer, though, be sure to include these following details. You need a really good quality photograph of your pet so it's easily recognisable. Uh, include their name, their age, breed, colour, sex and any distinguishing um, characteristics or features. Uh, The date your pet went missing is important, the area where it went missing, and, of course, uh, your name and your contact number. You could also check the locality guide in Yellow Pages and phone all the local vets to check if your pet has been taken in there. Um, Some people do take animals to the local veterinary clinic instead of the shelter. You may also want to advertise and check in all local and major newspapers. Now, myth four, and this is something that is probably heard quite often, is shelters only hold lost pets for a few days and then put them down if no owner comes forward. And this is absolutely not true. Pets that are impounded at shelters in Victoria are held for eight days by law, uh, which gives any owner the chance to come forward and find their pet. At the Lost Dogs Home, pets who are unclaimed after eight days are assessed for adoption. Some pets can go up for adoption right away, while others will need a bit of work because they aren't quite ready. They might need time in foster care so they can grow, behaviour training to improve their confidence or manners, or surgery to fix a medical issue. And we do explore every available avenue for these pets. Now, an animal will only be put to sleep if they have a severe medical issue that impacts their quality of life and cannot be treated to alleviate pain or suffering, or if they have a severe behaviour issue and pose a risk to people or other animals. Uh, Myth five, uh, my pet lives indoors or in a secure yard, so they'll never go missing. Um, I think we'd be very rich if we got a dollar for every time someone said that at at the Lost Dogs Home. It doesn't take much for a secure home or yard to become unsecure. A door or gate could be accidentally left open. Uh, a fence could be blown down or a gate blown open by the wind or during a storm. You, your pet could simply be spooked by thunder and jump or climb a fence. It's amazing what they do when they're terrified. And they can squeeze through the smallest possible gaps to escape. This is why it is so important that all pets are microchipped and wearing a collar with ID. If anything, it is your peace of mind. Definitely. And if you have any questions about pet ID or microchipping, you can give National Pet Register a call on one three hundred. 734738 or visit petregister.com.au For questions about lost and found pets, contact your local council, pound or animal shelter. This is Pets Allowed, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9. Today we're busting some common myths about animal shelters and shelter pets. Shelter pets are devoted creatures who want nothing more than a family to love and a home to call their own. Anyone who shares their life with a former shelter pet will tell you how wonderful they are and that they show you nothing but true love. 
Sadly, though, shelter pets can sometimes be misunderstood. Many myths about shelter pets suggest that they are lesser or you know, not as good as a pet purchase from a breeder or a pet shop. We want to set the record straight about all of this and explain why a shelter pet is the perfect choice for your family and why adoption is definitely the best option. Myth one, shelter pets have behaviour issues. That's why they end up there. Actually, pets often end up in shelters through no fault of their own. Their owner may have moved into a nursing home, no longer have the money to care for them or be dealing with other significant challenges that prevent them from giving their pet the time and care they need. Shelter pets do need training to help them settle into their new home and routine, but really the same goes for any pet, no matter where they came from. Now, some pets in our care do need to learn new skills or improve their manners before they will be ready for adoption, and that is where our behaviour team steps in. They spend weeks or even months training these pets to help set them up for success in their new home. And plus, dogs who go through the behaviour program at the home receive one free post-adoption training session with our behaviour team after they've been adopted, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Myth two, shelter pets have health problems. Most dogs and cats up for adoption at shelters are mixed breeds. And as a general rule, mixed breeds have fewer genetic health issues and have been known to live longer than their purebred counterparts. Of course, a pet's health status can change, though, over the years. All pets up for adoption at the home have been examined by our veterinary team to ensure they are healthy and they are ready for adoption. Some pets may have have a health issue that doesn't affect their quality of life but will need attention, whether this is ongoing or at some point in the future but we don't think this makes them any less deserving of a home. If this is the case we'll make sure the new family perfectly understands the pet's health needs uh, and a member of our vet team will speak to them about the ongoing health care of that pet. And myth number three shelter pets cost too much The fee to adopt uh, a pet from a shelter is actually a lot less than uh, the cost to purchase from a breeder or pet shop. At the home, the fee to adopt a dog is only $300 and a puppy $450, while the fee to adopt a cat is $95 and a kitten $180. And there's actually even no fee to adopt a a senior pet aged seven years and over. And in lieu of an adoption fee, you can make a donation of your choice. And remember, all pets up for adoption at the home are health-checked, de-sexed, microchipped, vaccinated, flea-treated and wormed, which is hundreds of dollars of essential vet work that you don't even have to worry about because it's all done and it's all included in the adoption fee as well. That's right. It's a bargain. Myth four, shelters only have older pets, not puppies or kittens. Pets of all ages arrive at shelters, from newborns to seniors and everything in between. Puppies and kittens are generally adopted very quickly, while adults and senior pets often wait uh, longer to find a new home. Adult and senior pets are just as loving and as fun as juveniles, um, dogs and cats. But if your heart is set on a puppy or kitten, you need to be patient while one will come along sooner or later. By adopting from an animal shelter, you'll be giving an animal a second chance at happiness. You'll also have the peace of mind knowing you aren't supporting cruel puppy farms or unethical backyard breeding. Definitely. And we've had some people who wait weeks or months Mm. to find their perfect pet, but it is absolutely worth the wait. Yep. You know when it's the right one. That's it. And uh, our final myth is shelter pets won't bond with their new family. And this could not be Mm -hmm. any further from the truth. Shelter pets are equally as loyal and devoted as pets purchased from a breeder or pet shop. And giving a second chance to a homeless pet feels very rewarding for both you and the animal. In fact, our adopters often say to us that their pets seem to know that they've been given a second chance at a happy life and that they are all the more loving for it. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Definitely. I, I know that as well from yeah. my dogs. Yep. 
Now that we've cleared up some of the common myths about shelter pets, what are you waiting for? If you're ready to adopt, change a life and adopt a dog or cat from an animal shelter. There are lots of ages and personality types to choose from, so your perfect match is sure to be there waiting for you. And all pets up for adoption at the Lost Dogs Home can be viewed online at dogshome.com or you can meet them at our North Melbourne or Compassby shelters. This is Pets Aloud brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9 and today we're busting some common myths about pets. Now there are lots of reasons why desexing is so important for your pet. Firstly, it can have lots of health and behaviour benefits and desex pets generally live longer and healthier lives. Desexing can also help prevent the development of certain types of cancer and other issues with the reproductive system. And it can also help to settle your pet's behaviour. They'll be less likely to wander, fight or show antisocial or territorial behaviour such as mounting or spraying. Secondly, desexing also prevents your pet from producing unwanted litters that would contribute to the already high population of homeless pets in our community. When it comes to desexing myths, we've just about heard them all and we want to set the record straight. So let's hear more from Dr Alan Bolton who recently helped us debunk some of the most common desexing Miss the vets here. Myth one, desexing will change my pet's personality. What do you think about that, Alan? Look, I think there is there's no doubt that desexing your pet will change its personality, but it's generally for the better. So they make it, they're less likely to wander, they're calmer, we see less sort of aggression problems, um, less territorial issues. So they just generally, most of us, when we're talking about dogs and cats, we're looking for a family pet and a desexed animal is a much easier and much happier animal to keep, to keep as a family pet. Uh, myth two, my pet can't be desexed until it's six months old. This is advice that veterinary surgeons used to give going back maybe sort of 15, 20 years. And I think in general, it's accepted that that's not really necessary anymore. Certainly in terms of health benefits for your pets, the earlier they're desexed, the better. Um, And if they're done as juveniles, it's a much easier procedure, a much quicker procedure, and they recover much more quickly. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, in the shelter, we desex our cats and kittens, our kittens and puppies from eight weeks old. But if it's a puppy that you've, you've got from elsewhere, from a breeder or whatever, we generally recommend that you wait until they've had their second vaccination and they're fully protected. So that's, that's generally somewhere between 12 and 16 weeks of age. What was the reasoning behind waiting for six, six months? Um, I think people just thought that it was, it was really just it was better to let them grow up. Um, I guess with the other issue would be if you go back sort of 20, 30 years, anaesthetics weren't so safe. And yeah. there's, it's a much riskier anaesthetic in a 700 kitten back in the day than it is in a sort of three, four kilo cat. Um, but the actual drugs have got better. And I think, you know, once we've learned the technical skills to do it, which isn't something that was taught widely back in, you know, 10 even even now, vet students aren't really taught how to desex tiny kittens. Um, so it was just it was partly operational, and it was just something that we'd always done. Myth three: females need to have at least one litter to stay healthy. This has been absolutely debunked many many years ago. Um, if you desex your female dog before she has her first season, she will almost absolutely 100% not get breast cancer later on. Whereas if you leave it until a year old or she has a litter, there is a chance of that. And the longer you leave it after that, the greater the the risk is. Um, There's been shown to be no health benefits um, for having a litter before they're desexed. And there are reasonable risks involved with a a bitch having a litter. Um, You know, she may end up needing a cesarean. And again, 
there are no shortage of dogs and puppies in this world, and, and we need to do our best to keep the numbers down. Definitely. Um, myth four, desexing a male dog or cat will rob him of his masculinity. Truly, masculine dogs and cats really don't make um, good pets. Certainly male cats tend to wander. They're very territorial. They've got a drive to mate, and they they just don't fit in the family in the family as well as a desexed animal will. So really, they're more trainable, they're calmer, they're less likely to wander, and I think that's a really small price to pay. Definitely. Myth five, desexing our pets will make them lazy and fat. Dogs and cats, just like people, only get lazy and fat if they eat too much and, and don't exercise <laughs> enough. So really, that's not a desexing thing. That's an owner thing. And we really need to look at what we're feeding our cats um, and dogs and how we exercise them. So that's something we can control. Myth six, uh, desexing is too expensive. Look, there is definitely a cost in desexing, and vets have to cover the cost of their drugs, their surgeries. Um, they've got to pay staff wages. They have to pay rates and electricity and, and bills like everyone else. So there's definitely a cost there. I think people, when they get a pet, they need to be aware that it's, it's going to be something that they have to do. So you need to plan for it. Um, lots of local councils will give out vouchers to people in need, and there are certainly low-cost desexing um, campaigns out there. So there's National Desexing Month, which is in July, and also we've been talking a lot about today about Maddie, which is our new cat desexing program. That's right, and also if you adopt from a shelter, generally that animal is going to be desexed as part of the cost. Absolutely, by law in Victoria. That's right. That was Dr. Alan Bolton helping to debunk some common myths about desexing. And if you do have any questions about desexing or want to have your pet desexed, please speak with your vet. You can also make an appointment at our Frank Samways Vet Clinic by calling 9329 2755 or visiting in person at 1 Boundary Road, North Melbourne. Coming up after the break, we're going to take a look at some of the common myths about pet health and behaviour. So stay tuned. This is Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. Today we're taking a look at some common myths about pets. Now when it comes to our pets' health and behaviour, there is a lot of info out there about what's best for them. And some of the information is conflicting, so it can be confusing to know if we're doing the right thing. So let's clear up some of the most common misconceptions about pet health and behaviour. Myth one is you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, training is important for all pets, no matter what their age. It can help them to settle into a new home and routine, learn new skills and manners, and bond with their family. You might have heard the saying, you can't teach an old old dog new tricks, but this is just not true. Older dogs are great at focusing on you and the task at hand, and open and ready to learn they're calmer than puppy count their puppy counterparts so they're usually less distracted and therefore easily more easily trained plus all of those years of experience being around people can help them to quickly figure out what you're asking them to do training should always be a positive experience for dogs and you'll you'll get a much better response after all it is the perfect chance for you and your pet to learn together and grow and have fun Pets should be praised and rewarded for good behaviour, a technique known as positive reinforcement. It's it's crucial that you never punish your pet for doing the wrong thing. If you've just welcomed a new pet into your home, you should start basic training straight away. This can help your pet settle into their new home and routine and establish the house rules. Basic training is something you can do at home and we have some training tips on our website at dogshome.com. And myth two, cats can't be trained. When it comes to training pets, we often automatically think of dogs, but 
cats definitely can be trained as well. Using positive reward-based training, your feline may surprise you with what they can do. To train your cat, you'll need to find something that will really motivate them. It could be their favourite treat or a game with their favourite toy. Now, generally speaking, some cats can be independent, but uh, time and persistence on your behalf is definitely important in order to see results. And remember that some cats will be more interested in training than others and each have their own personality, just like dogs, really. (laughs) So just start off with the basics and teach one thing at a time and that way your cat won't get confused by learning all, all the different things at once. Myth number three, if you don't punish your pet for behaviour, they'll never learn. One thing we can't stress enough when talking about pet training, regardless of what type of pet it is, that you should never, you should only ever use positive reinforcement as a training method. It's a bit like children. <laughs> that is, uh, rewarding your pet for showing positive behaviours um, makes them more likely to want to repeat those behaviours. Training should always be enjoyable learning experience for your pet. It's absolutely crucial that you never punish your pet or, um, for doing something wrong or for not doing what you've asked. Punishment is not an effective method of training and can cause fear, anxiety and distress for your your pet and break down that relationship between you and your pet. Definitely. And myth number four, I only need to take my pet to the vet when something is wrong. It's actually really important to take your pet to the vet each year for their annual checkup, even if you don't think something is wrong. It's a great opportunity for your vet to make sure your pet is within an ideal weight range, up to date with vaccinations and is otherwise healthy. They'll also be able to give you advice on how to maintain your pet's good health, uh, whatever stage of life they're in. Um, myth number five, heartworm is, is not a problem in Melbourne. Heartworm actually is a very serious disease that is spread by mosquitoes. These worms develop in the heart, chambers and arteries and can cause complications and lead to fatalities. Although cases of heartworm are not common in and around uh, Melbourne, they still do occur. Heartworm is very serious and is not prevented by uh, routine worming treatment. Uh, so it's absolutely crucial that you speak to your vet about protecting your dog or puppy against heartworm. And the final myth, my pet doesn't have fleas, so I don't need to worry about treatment. As they say, prevention is better than cure. Cases of fleas are are also really common at this time of year when the weather is warmer. So it's definitely important to stay on top of your pet's flea treatment. And your vet will be able to give you advice about what is best suited to your pet. And the first sign of fleas is scratching, biting or licking at the skin. And the best places for you to look uh, on your pet are around their stomach, lower back and base of the tail. So look for flea dirt, which is small black specks, uh, and also fleas, which you might uh, be, see moving or jumping around through your pet's coat. Now, it's important that both your pet and their environment are treated for fleas. So that includes bedding, kennels, carpets, and other pets as well. So definitely have a chat to your vet about what flea treatment product is right for your pet. Uh, this might be a topical liquid treatment, um, a chewable tablet. Uh, yeah, there are different options, so your vet will be able to help you choose the best one. If you have any questions or concerns about your pet's health or behaviour, please speak with your vet. You can make an appointment at the Frank Samways Vet Clinic uh, by calling 9329 Your pet's community calendar. This is Dog Dates. Just one dog date, or probably more appropriately called a cat date, (laughs) for the week. Um, Our mobile pet care unit, Maddie, is heading up to Sunbury from the 25th to the 27th of October next week uh, for a mobile cat desexing event. It costs only $50 to have your cat desexed, but you must be a resident of the Hume City Council area because we are running it in partnership with Hume. 
Uh, unfortunately, female places have booked out, so there are only male places still available. But not to worry, if you have a female cat, just email us your details, events at dogshome.com, and we can pop you on a waiting list and let you know when Maddie will be yep. heading out to your area. Yeah, hopefully it will be soon. That's it. And so to book, uh, if you just visit dogshome.com, you'll be able to find a link there to book for your pet. Um, or if you need a hand, just give us a call on 93292755. And that does bring us to the end of another show. Before we head off, just a quick reminder, our pet of the week is Ruth, a gorgeous senior cat who's almost nine years old and she's up for adoption at our North Melbourne shelter, the quiet and sensitive type. So if you're looking for a chilled out companion, she could be the one for you. You can view her profile at dogshome.com. Coming up next is the Silver Fox with Gillian, so stay tuned for inspiring guests and fabulous tunes. Thanks for tuning in for our Mythbusters edition of Pets Aloud, and of course, don't forget to walk your dogs and pat your cats. Missed your favourite segment on Pets Aloud or want to hear an interview again? Head to joy.org.au forward slash pets aloud to subscribe to our free podcast. Joy 94.9 is a GLB TIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.